Nomotasa Bhagavatu Summa Sombudasa Nomotasa Bhagavatu Summa Sombudasa Nomotasa Bhagavatu Summa Sombudasa I will awaken quickly for all beings and for all beings wisdom, compassion and non-clinging awareness. Val, how's it going with your studies and reading and contemplations? Okay. <laughs> You're entering into the sphere of Tathagata Garba? Yes. Um, since you've mentioned textures like sound, yeah. and hearing sounds in a new way, uh-huh. um, noticing all kinds of things and we'll get more remarkable and re- more remarkable and more remarkable. And times when it will not feel remarkable. <coughs> remember the, cy- the cycle of uh, life, but also the cycle of retreat, especially, always remember this, get used to this, is uh, um, just like life, is expectation. Uh, and new discoveries lead to an excitement and then a diminishment of depression, and the system uh, accommodating new information, new experience, and a flattening plateau of that. Does this make sense? And an incorporation in your system, and then a feeling like nothing's happening anymore. It's not exciting, it's not new, when in fact it's been integrated. People expect, they, people want meditation to be kind of fun and cool all the time. But actually, it becomes ordinary. The ordinary integration of new life experience becomes ordinary. Not far out. Uh, so remember, there's a, there's a pattern to all retreat practice. Uh, it happens in daily life anyways, which is excitement of new discoveries, a peaking, a incorporation, if you're working at it, if you're actually incorporating it in, and bringing it in well, there is a discovery period and an exploration period, and then a flattening plateau, which can last anywhere from days, two weeks, two months, to even years. Uh, and then new horizons, new new planets, new discoveries, new 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 uh, uh, shores. So just remember, if you get used to that cycle and know it, you don't get confused by going, well, nothing much is happening to me. And uh, when's the next peak experience going to happen? This is, this is the affliction of people in retreat. So uh, don't beat yourself up if so-called nothing is happening. I've had weeks of weeks of so-called nothing happening when... All that was really happening was the question was ripening for the next um, journey. Once you know that, you just get relaxed into it. In weeks, months, and that's the actual process. But if you know it, it's beautiful. You just know that the, the question and the new direction is fomenting in there. But um, that's equally as important as the next Okay, so I'm just, thank you for that, because that that gives me an opportunity to tell you that. And then, of course, the next peak must be better 
than the last. Eventually, you'll get tired of that. But, um, yes, any others? Yes. Could you talk about the quality of same taste? The quality of same taste. Is that the right way of putting it? Mm-hmm. Equal taste. Equal taste? Uh, let's, let's, let's get to that in the text and as it, as it comes naturally in the, in the material and text. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. The nature of the Dharmakaya, yeah. Things are very common waiting for a question. Will you not add in a question? Like summon them? Drop them in? Yes, and that's uh, what's the beautiful thing about going and visiting um, uh, teachers that you have a good uh, karmic, good uh, heart connection with is when things go flat for you or you're in that unknowing stage or just things moving along. Uh, the Dharma class, the interaction, can bring forth a whole new voyage of discovery or quite new questions. So uh, either from yourself, because you make discoveries, or you can raise questions, or read uh, texts, or you visit or hear Dharma, and you go, whoa, I never thought of that, or oh, gosh, I should have looked at that. So you want to always be stirring up question like a a uh, fantail who uh, waits for people to walk by a bird who they stir you know think they think they're actually um, the fantail is um, uh, affectionate towards you because it's dancing around you with its fantail and it keeps following you in the woods you know like this but actually what it's doing is waiting for you to stir up the um, the bugs. As you walk along, you're stirring up bugs like a tornado, and it's going around and eating the bugs that you're, and going, hmm, 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 and you think, wow, it's really happy that it's with you and, and following. So like a fantail, uh, you want tornadoes and hurricanes, but not, not killing, but, but enough to break up uh, the, um, the fixity for a new question. And then it becomes an art for yourself to be able to do that. You just know the phases and you then go on a, a, a journey, whether it's a text or whether it's a, a walk in the forest, whether it's a voyage on the ocean, whether it's a visit to another country, whether it's a, a visit to a teacher, wh- whatever it is, to um, uh, allow the tornadoes and the hurricanes and the rains uh, and the um, various questions to now uh, uh, come up. It's an art. It's a real art. Is that what you meant? Mm-hmm. Okay. Any others? Just a few more. Uh, John? That's, John, was, John was in there by a few milliseconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is about yesterday, about Buddhahood and samsara and nirvana. Um, is there an answer other than it is that, that there is this game we play, that there is nirvana, there is samsara, and we have an essence of Buddhahood, but we're not enlightened, or at least we don't know we're enlightened. And we, why, why is the game set like that? That's that's the always the question of what happened in the beginning. I guess so. And and the and the way the usual explanation for that, which is, makes perfect sense, is that in the undifferentiated state of awakeness, uh, there's the, there's a building of duality. And that building of duality and sentient minds 
just keeps adding itself up, bewilderment, uh, until it gets to a quite a profound state of confusion, um, which has been going on for a very, very long time. But then awakeness and awakening has been going on for a very, very long time. So countless sentient beings have awakened as well. But there's countless sentient beings that are wandering in fusion as well. But the Buddha said uh, it's not very profitable to contemplate ultimate causes. It certainly is profitable if you're a physicist, you get paid. And it's darn fun. And it's quite something when you create mathematics and mathematical models that turn out to be testable in a laboratory. Whether they're in fact true or not, uh, that's another debatable point. But, but um, how it all happened and why it happened, the Buddha said, this is, you could question this for the rest of your life. And it's interesting intellectually, and people have tried to figure this out. But um, the only explanation ever given is, uh, since the beginning of this time, this has been um, evolving. It's a bit like waves on the ocean. You have a beautiful, um, still, clear ocean. And all it takes is a little bit of um, duality to begin the process of um, fomenting. But you see, uh, this teaching is one type of teaching. There, there is added to this the view, <clears throat> which comes with greater, greater realization, not greater realization than Gampopa, but, but just greater, greater view, that um, we have the divisions of samsara and nirvana, but those are just conceptual tr- contrivances by the human mind. There, there is no samsara or nirvana. And actually there is no enlightenment. But, but for, the, for the aid of a human being suffering, you must teach that duality. Otherwise, they won't come out of it. So, if, for instance, we just said, well, there is no suffering, actually. There isn't. And there's no being suffering, and there's no actual <laughs> samsara nirvana to attain to. Uh, this would not be at all compassionate, not because it's lying, we create lies, but because the view is just too high to do anything with. So that introduction is such a high view that most people can't do anything with the introduction. That would be all you need. But even that is not the ultimate pristine view. The ultimate pristine view is if you just open your eyes, your, your mind, you'll see there's no clinging and there's no confusion and the mind is radiantly clear and in its natural state anyways. There's nothing you need to do beyond that. But, but that's just too high a view. That can be introduced at the right time to certain beings who are in the right place at the right time in the right connection with another being. And that can snap the mind open. As we call the quintessential instructions at the right moment, at the right time, or the ripening instructions. But that just has to be right. right. But um, then you don't get into an intellectual, intellectual discussion of when it all happened and how it happened. Uh, that becomes unimportant, but... But the, really, the beautiful thing is there, there isn't a problem at all. Because the dualism is completely open. All, all the so-called confusion is not confused. It's simply the play of the, uh, free, the free mind displaying, which is not confused at all, but only confused minds make it confused. For, I'll give you an example. If a tree falls down, let's say, let's say we're sitting here and a tree falls down, there's a group of people in the room that will go, Oh my God! 
when the tree, I've seen this, when the tree falls down, it makes a noise, they go, oh my God, like there's a problem. There simply is no problem. A tree has fallen down and actually there's no tree that fell down and there's no being, true being, that experienced the tree falling down. There was simply a noise in the forest. Did you understand? And yet there's beings that will sit here who didn't hear it, like what time is the class uh, to this morning, who didn't hear it at all, and there are beings that will react with emotional concern that the tree has fallen down and that maybe they're going to get hurt or somebody else will get hurt, you know, this sort of thing, all the various stories. But in fact, the freedom is already pervasively there and there is no duality, and any duality has no duality because only the mind makes a duality. Anyways, so it's always been free. There's never been a difficulty. Only confused minds make a difficulty. Like a moth that enters a room at night and can't find its way out and dies. Struggling uh, around a light bulb. Just confused. Confused. Now, beings, if you look at it that way, you know, beings spend their lives chasing after light bulbs and burning themselves and getting singed on light bulbs and eventually singed so badly they, they pass away. But they don't actually have, there's no light bulb to be singed on and there's no being that gets singed. It just isn't. So that's the work that one has to do is to come to see the illusion there's no being being singed and there's no light to be singed on. And there's no illness to be scared of and there's no death to be scared of at all. Just like dreaming. Dreaming. Even the body that seems so solid and painful and thick and turgid absolutely is not. It's a cathedral of light. It's like the cathedral in Cologne or, uh, or in Dijon. It's a cathedral of light, a play of light, and made up in the mind as a, um, a painful or pleasurable experience but actually is like being in a cathedral. Only the uh, concepts of pain and pleasure and what one needs and the feeling of self create a uh, manifold reality of, um, of experience. It's that straightforward. So we're living in a completely uh, awakened universe without knowing it. That's what you wake up to. There's no problem. No problem at all. There's not even a problem with people suffering. It doesn't doesn't it, it, it disturbs you because it renders your heart it's unnecessary, but it's understandable that people suffer because you know how the confusion starts. It's because you know how the confusion starts, you're not doing an oh my god number. You're just you're now your mind is going, What can you do to free those beings because it's unnecessary, confusion. Okay. See? See. 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 See, you need to hear this again and again and again until it pops out. When it pops out, then there's confidence. When it doesn't pop out, it's bewilderment looking for light bulbs. You know, the in the old um, computer rooms that were about this size, and they're all made with va with uh, vacuum tubes. I don't know. You don't remember vacuum tubes? Any of you? Are you old enough? Vacuum tubes. Yeah? And the bugs would be attracted to the vacuum tubes and go, Psst! 
and then the computer would crash. So they'd have to debug. That's where it came from. They'd have, that's where the term came from. They'd have to debug the computer, which was not the program, was the bugs landing on the vacuum tubes and knocking out the computer, which was actually, I understand, was fairly frequent. We're, so we're basically doing a debugging exercise here. <coughs> I can feel I can feel Raphael's brain moving with a an ad. <laughs> no, it wasn't a good one. I could feel it. I could feel it though. Yes, that's right. You were you were number number four there. Almost. Illusion, delusion. Illusion is delusion, but the, illus- the universe is illusory. Uh, it's only a delusion if one doesn't know it's illusory. If one knows it's illusory, it's no longer delusion. Straightforward? It'd be, it's, it's like walking in a beautiful garden and you're in a bad mood. And the garden, you don't even see the garden, you know? Have you ever had a day like that or an hour like that? You're walking in a beautiful place in a bad mood and you don't ever see it. The person says, did you see those flowers? What flowers? <laughs> did, did you see the beautiful such and such, uh, gr- uh, these rare orchids growing by the side of the path? No. Can't see it. But uh, because it's illusory and there is appearances, it doesn't mean it's bad. What's bad is not actually knowing the nature of that and believing that what is being projected uh, is, is, is real or bad or anything else. Yeah. Any others? Good questions. Lovely. And now the part one, the primary cause. Now, they've separated that line out. In the other, other text, that line here is actually in the text. This is, how, this is how translators, they make decisions. Eh? Publishers make decisions. Translators make decisions. This, this line is actually uh, in the beginning of the text of the next page. But they've, they've popped it out. And it says, the primary cause is the essence of the well-gone one which is a translation that you'll see of, of Tathagatagarbha. Tathagatagarbha. So, Raphael, if you could, let's put on the board the word Tathagatagarbha. In other texts, instead of saying the primary cause, the motive. The motive. The motive. Now, for, for the uh, Westerner, usually for a Westerner, the question is, because of the 100 years of psychotherapy. Uh, by, uh, by the way, I'm not anti-psychotherapeutic. Just, just know your culture. You have to know culture and history. 100 years of psychotherapy is what happened to me? What happened to us? How did we get this way? If you were raised in another culture, then you start the chapter by, like a Westerner would start the chapter of a Buddhist text, which what happened to all of us to create this bad scenario? What happened on the way to the forum? You know that movie? Yeah. Okay. It's a very old movie. Nineteen sixties. Yeah. Was it? What happened? Uh, what happened on the way to the forum? Mm-hmm. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. So 
the Western, the Western text was a, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, which is why, where was, what's the ultimate cause of all of us being like this? You know, what happened in childhood to me? But, but a, a Buddhist text starts differently. What is the ultimate cause of freedom? Where, 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 why would you be striving for liberation? And there's the, the answer is pointed to directly. So it starts off right from the very beginning. The motive for all of this, the primary cause for all of this, is the essence of the well-gone one, the essence of Buddha, of the Buddha. Second day is long. That's the third. Second day. Second day is long. And it's one word entirely. So, chapter one Buddha nature. So, you'll see many translations thus gone one, Buddha nature. All, all kinds of words for this, this Sanskrit word, which I will, um, uh, will look up in the dictionary uh, as Tathagatagarbha. So this text starts at the highest level. And it kind of doesn't work its way down. It just gets more particular about what you need to do. But it starts at the very highest level and points out the greatest view the highest uh, level of seeing, which is a universe pervaded by enlightened uh, essence. And then the confusion about that. And then how to come out of that. We need, from the text, we need to attain unsurpassable enlightenment by freeing ourselves from the confused state of samsara. Pretty direct. We need to. Well, we'll find out there's people that don't think they need to. They can't be taught at the moment. It's okay. That's fine. They just can't be taught. But it is possible, but is it possible, for inferior persons like ourselves, (coughs) that kind of reinforces a Western view. Um, There's other ways of translating that, but yeah, but is it possible for inferior persons like ourselves? Excuse me. <coughs> to achieve enlightenment, even if we make the effort. Now, this is a common doubt that arises. Isn't that right? When you say this is a common doubt, and you will maybe you we'll maybe have that this next couple of weeks or today or tomorrow or the next day. Could I really become enlightened? Should I be here spending all this time and energy when I could be taking a course, uh, a perhaps a management course or a, um, a, uh, a how to make more money course, you know, something, something useful, something more useful than, than, than Buddhahood. <laughs> But this comes up with retreaters. I could be somewhere else. For instance, I could be uh, sunning myself on a beach in Hawaii right now and uh, drinking pina coladas and going snorkeling. And why am I here uh, developing mindfulness and uh, uh, studying this text and so on when uh, 
you know, enlightenment we could leave for others, but I, I maybe, maybe later, next year I could do that, work on that, or when I'm feeling a little better I could work on that, or perhaps another lifetime I'll be more interested. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't say the beaches of Spain, did I? No, 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 I'm getting away from that. No, yeah, okay. Not the beaches near Barcelona. No, no, no. Why wouldn't we attain enlightenment if we made the effort? That's got an exclamation mark. Why wouldn't we? You see, so for a being that has uh, either full attainment or at least a little bit of attainment or a little bit of realization, the, the question really doesn't make any sense. Of course you would. What could be more free and glorious? What would you, else would you do with a life? But for somebody else, a moth moving from uh, cathode ray tube to cathode ray tube, from uh, light bulb to light bulb, uh, the light bulbs are much more interesting. They're much more fascinating. They always have a different, you know, neon lights and light bulbs and fluorescent tubes and, uh, you know, 13-watt ones and then there's, there's new LED lights that you can be... They're much better. They don't track moths as much. LED lights and incandescent lights and fluorescent tubes and, you know, all kinds of different tubes. All sentient beings, including ourselves, already possess the primary cause for enlightenment, the essence of the well-gone one, so this, this is now supposed to make you confident. There's now a pregnant pause in the room. See, now it should raise the hairs on your head and go, oh my God, of course. It pervades all beings. Therefore, I have that too. Therefore, I can get on with it. But you see, for the Westerner not raised in this culture of this, there would be like, so prove it to me. And so what's the proof, and where's the scientific reasoning, and my doctor didn't tell me. You need a lab... I'm missing the lab coat. White shirts, okay, it's wait. It, it, it works. It certainly works in a hospital. You know, I like to wear white shirts, and they go, oh, hello, doctor. It often works when I get to, when I'm reading my family's charts. And they're not supposed to be. I usually get away with that with wearing a white shirt. But I like white. I like white. I like crisp white shirts. Then you got the red hat on. Oh, the red hat? Okay. And, and a ponytail's okay. <laughs> a ponytail's okay. Uh, in a second. So, so, so uh, it would be better if I was wearing a, a, a lab jacket. Maybe, to, maybe tonight I'll wear a lab jacket. And then you will have absolute confidence because... You know, those, those Advil commercials and those aspirin commercials, it works much better if it's a doctor, a male doctor. Uh, you know how they used to do that? Even selling, like, uh, disinfectant products? The male doctor telling you, women, uh, housewives, that this disinfectant will work for you. Well, that's, that's kind of... But this is the doctor. This is Gampopa uh, saying, um, this is the primary cause, and it's already there. So go find it. This is a different view that it's not there and you work at it and you attain, you, you, you get it from somewhere. So this is, you have to understand, is that this is the view that's very important to, to realize. And this is what is realized or glimpsed, only glimpsed uh, at the first stage of enlightenment. Glimpsed, tasted. For a very brief moment is the uh, 
the naturalness of the enlightenment mind and not that you obtained it somewhere else, but actually it is your mind as it is. That's very important. Do you, do you understand how important that is? That discovery gives you supreme confidence or a lot of confidence. Some For some, it's absolute. It's done. Complete confidence after that. Others, uh, it, the confidence needs to be worked on. It's there, but it's still being buried due to drinking um, fasts, uh, orgies, whatever um, it is, you know, to, to bury it down. But, but uh, I am joking a bit. But I have seen this. So, you know, do you get do you get the idea? So to taste the natural mind of liberation confers a confidence, an unmistakable confidence that it's already there. One simply needs to unfold it and uncover it as opposed to go get it from a light bulb or buy it from a store or purchase it somewhere else. You don't need to. It's right here, right right here, right now. That's what he's saying. All beings, including ourselves, already possess the primary cause or the motive for enlightenment. And now he's going to prove it to you by quoting various authoritative texts, just as we do in science journals. We say that... um, uh, diatoms have been one of the most successful organisms on the planet and contribute at least 40% of all the oxygen that is uh, um, produced on the planet. And then we go um, uh, round at all, 1990, and we make a whole bunch of references to all the authoritative people that have gone beyond. And they do the same thing in these texts, is uh, they refer to others, they refer to sutras uh, that make it authoritative because they're quoting uh, the fully enlightened being. As stated in the King of Meditative Absorption, the, is it the Raja, Raja Samadhi Sutra, the, quote, the essence of the well-gone one pervades all migrators. All beings are lost in samsara, lost in cyclic existence. It pervades every single being. Uh, the dragonfly, the cockroach, the centipede, the turtle, uh, the trees, every, everything is pervaded uh, by this essence. It's already there. The small Parinirvana Sutra, all sentient beings have the essence of the thus gone one. Also the Sutra of the great Parinirvana says, for example, as butter permeates milk, likewise the essence of the thus gone one pervades all sentient beings. This is not actually a text which you is meant to believe it because someone says it. They're asking you to go find it. This is the difference. They're going, go find it. Go find it. You won't, guaranteed, beings don't have confidence unless they actually have the direct experience. It's no, it doesn't happen. There are people that are faith types that have confidence without experiencing it because they're faith types. That is, they have faith in the teacher, or they have faith in the Dharma, and it's un, it's un, um, what's the word for it? It's unshakable. It's not unshakable. Just, there's no doubt. It doesn't matter what happens in life. They, there's no doubt about about this whatsoever. Not, not so many Westerners that I meet. Westerners need uh, reasoning, time, 
uh, maturation of, 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 of ideas. And in the ornament of Mahayana Sutra, even though suchness is not different for any being, the experience of suchness is not different for any being, one is called thus gone, one when it is fully purified. Therefore, all beings are of its essence. So, do you believe this? By what reasoning can it be shown that sentient beings have Buddha nature? So now the, the reasoning. So let's, let's look at this word, Tathagatagarbha, because it gets used again and again and again. So if you could, Raphael, put a line after uh, the uh, second A, just a, a fine line for Tata, yeah, and then Gata, and uh, that's fine. Actually, I don't think there's an H after T. Don't think so. Don't don't think so. Interesting, different translation. How's this for a translation for the opening paragraph? However, if you wonder whether de- dejected people like ourselves, interesting, eh? If you wonder whether dejected people like ourselves will ever attain our own exertions, this unsurpassable enlightenment, liberating ourselves from samsara, which is by, by nature bewilderment, you may be reassured by remembering that if enlightenment can be won by hard work, it must be within our reach. Interesting, eh? Which one would you prefer to hear? Dejected? Lowly? Inferior types? I like dejected, actually. Then, then uh, I'm not, not so keen. I hear this a lot in uh, Eastern teaching, if I may is the inferior types, the lowly beings. So I don't think this is very good for Westerners. Got too much of that already. Um, but dejected, dejected because, uh, it, like when, 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 when will it happen? This is, this, is, this is good. I like this. I like this. Where, where is Joanne today? Is she one of the 10 o'clockers? A ten o'clock person they can't get get rises at nine, and gets ready gets ready for a class at ten. I'm I'm joking. There was a slight confusion. I saw her looking at the board, and it said ten. Class was at ten, and then it got changed, and I think she didn't see it. Was the class ever at ten? You said in the ten, but it was ten ten. 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 It was kind of. It was a in the tent. Ah. No, 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 no. That's it. see. If if I was a student, uh, and there was any moment of confusion, even the slightest doubt, I would come an hour early. Wouldn't hesitate. But maybe these are things that one needs to learn. Okay. Nineteen oh five. In 1905, when we were eating millet in the Ukraine, and we had to walk one mile, ten, no, ten miles, through snowstorms to, sco- to this little schoolhouse. It's just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You didn't have a schoolhouse, did you? No, no, you didn't have schoolhouse. It was actually a, an igloo. It was an igloo. It was an igloo. It was a collapsing igloo. And it was below the ocean. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but, but down, down deep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a Monty Python skit. That's okay. You can sit down there, Raphael, before you stand up again. Eastern way of teaching, more Eastern way of teaching was now in the Buddha's time, when in a past life of the Buddha, when he was offering his body up to the tigers to defend, to uh, give life to other beings, uh, and then decided to come to a class, and there was a confusion over the time. <laughs> Would have been there an hour early, except there's no watch. Yeah. You see, this is a very good lesson. One has to feel their body, delicately feel. This is where discrimination comes in. So let me use this as an example, not to pick on Johanna. But, but uh, most information is already there. So you really have to listen to uh, the, not the doubt and confusion you're being, but the little messages that come in and not ignore them. That feeling while you're driving to move aside because a car feels too close. You know what I mean? The, the head of the driver that you're passing isn't in the right place, which indicates somewhere in your nervous system that they're going to swerve at the wrong time. Do you, do you understand? This is happening all the time. So even though maybe the teacher says, the class will be at 10 o'clock, but then there's a niggle, because they're slightly dyslexic, there's a niggle. Well, maybe he really meant nine. You see? Uh, that niggle in your being, that little tiny niggle in your being that you have to pick up, which is a little subtle message, maybe not, not even a voice. You have to listen to that and go check it out. But do you pick up the messages? So when I say discrimination, there's thousands of messages coming in all the time like that. But if the mind is rambling and talking to itself and sending out all kinds of stuff, one can't actually pick up these messages in the body and then it becomes other messages. You see? So you want to be really clear and be able to have a finely tuned instrument to pick up messages. Like the tomato plant in the garden or somewhere that says, I need water. Yeah, but I... I gave it water yesterday. It needs water. Or the bird that's looking at you, why is it looking at you? It wants to be fed. It's not just looking at you like you're interesting. It wants food. You, you have to feel that. And not just interpret it, but actually feel it. So the, the purification of the senses, which is purification away from conceptual uh, stuff filling that, is to pick up more and more messages about the universe, not about your stuff, but what's the universe telling you. It's really important. So doubt in that respect is, Pardon? Doubt in that respect is a very positive thing. Yes, that, that kind of doubt is very positive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like reading a serial package that says, 
uh, this cereal is good for you and has all the nutri nutrients you will ever need and having a critical doubt, which is a positive critical doubt, is like, really? Yeah. You, you need that. That's a healthy, the healthy questioning of uh, 10 o'clock? That's a little unusual, right? Really? 10 o'clock? That's kind of unusual because that's actually, you know, tea time or morning tea time. You know? That's when cakes and things get served. But it's not really. <laughs> Especially when classes start at, at 6 in the morning. Yeah? Uh, yes, I think actually Nancy had a question. Then we'll go to either one. Did you, have, I, have I gone long enough? The question's gone now, Nancy? <laughs> it can be gone. Yeah? No, it's okay. Is it, is it uh, on, on to the point? Um, because I'm wondering if it's sort of more foreign for Westerners to ascribe results to effort than to Easterners, and whether that's part of the... I don't, I don't think so. I, there's so many Westerners, uh, in a good way, that have done such great things, have such energy, such abilities to manifest. It's taking that manifesting ability and turning it into a manifesting a jewel of the mind. That's, that's really what it is. There are so many Westerners who have such capabilities of manifesting beautiful, wonderful, and also destructive and useless things. But to harness that building, manifesting quality of the Western mind, which is certainly taught in the Western mysteries, big time, uh, is no problem at all. It's getting the motive down. Adults don't do things. You know about, if you've never studied adult learning, Adults don't do things unless there's a, there's, a, there's a goal, there's a prize. They just don't. They really don't want to study unless there's a, an, an, an outcome. So, you know, when you, when you, like I'm a really lousy adult educator. If I was a good adult educator, I used to teach this stuff. But if I was a good adult educator, you'd be coming here, and the first thing that says on the course outline is the goal, the, the prize you're going to get for the adult. Whereas a young kid at the age of um, six or seven, you might give them something. They couldn't care less what the, why they're doing it. You know, like just let's goof around. And that goofing around is actually their learning. But the adult needs to know why and what kind of prize they're going to get in the end. So as I say, it'd be much easier. If you're going to get, uh, for instance, if you're taking this uh, seven-week course, seven-week retreat, and you're getting now a certificate at the end, and there's prospects of a greater income and greater pay, which means a ha more happiness in life and so on, yes, then we, this room may be full, uh, it could be two or three hundred people coming, yes? But once you understand the motive, the enlightened motive, and, the ex and you start to get a glimpse of the extraordinary capacity and capabilities of the being, then that becomes the, the uh, prize, if you wish, until there's no prize. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It's just, just playing in the garden of enlightenment. It's not. It's like a kid. You don't need a prize. What's the prize? The prize has always been there. You're just playing in the, more, more of the garden of enlightenment. That's right. Thank you. 
Thank you. That's okay. It's in, and and I and I I can't spell worth a darn anyway. So. <laughs> There is. Yep. Tata. Tata. It depends sometimes. Sometimes there isn't, actually. Thank you. No, not the very first. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. I'm so there with you, Raphael. Like, I'm making this really confusing word. It won't be confusing after a while because you'll be used to it. Not always. Depends sometimes. So first of all, tata. Uh, Usually it's translated as thus, but it also means it's actually genau. Isn't that a German word? Yeah, exactly. So, thus it is. Genau. Now it's used for filling space. Genau? Uh-huh. Genau. Uh-huh. But, but it actually, exact. Exact so, so uh, thus it is. In this manner. Would you like if I write these meanings up? No, people have, have notebooks. Yeah, usually, usually very common. And then from... from uh, Let's say what tut is. Tut? A, a, a doing. Doing that. Doing, doing that. So it's thus, thus doing. Uh, and, but it's not just thus in an easy way. It's, it's thusness. Ultimate thus. Ultimate so. It would be like saying in German, genau. Exactly so indisputable indisputable thusness and then uh, gata let's look up gata save a little time Gata. Gone, gone away, departed, departed from the world. Now take that for what it means. Departed from the world of confusion. Not departed in terms of death or departed into outer space. People think, you know, nirvana. Departed into outer space. Departed into a realm whether, you know, a special realm. No, it's just departed from confusion. Deceased, dead, gone by. 
also can mean come to, approached, arrived at. That's a very important one. Fragata, arrived at. So, like a gate, it's 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 the it's the origin of the English word gate, gata, from the Sanskrit into your parent. So a gate opens, you can go in, and you can go out. So you can arrive, and you can go. That's this beautiful word that way. So people keep debating whether it's gone, or arrived. Almost always translated as gone, because human beings want to get out of their misery. A bodhisattva goes back into misery, realizing that there's no confusion in the misery. Understand? So, so often Namjoon Rinpoche, when he would teach this, would uh, go to the Sanskrit because he'd go, well, gate, you go through the gate, going, 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 going. But I have to hear what the, the Sanskrit word also means, which is to go, go through the gate, and the gate goes both ways. A door opens both ways, not just one way. This is freedom. Free, would it be freedom to just go through the gate or the door one way? No. But to be able to freely pass through the gate, that's freedom. Okay. Coming and going, having walked. Frequently visited, to visit, to walk. This is very good. Eh? Gives you different meanings. Eh? Forgotta. Usually translate as gone. Goneness. Goneness. Gone from what? Gone from delusion. But, but you see there's meanings here. Being able to freely walk through gates. To open doors. This is freedom. And let's look up Garba. Garba. From Garab, G-R-A-B-H, to conceive. That's the little, little meaning of it, of Garba, to conceive. The root is Gri, G-R-I. Gali, Gali, the R's. Take a look. Gali. To conceive. It also literally means the womb. To conceive. So, gri is the womb. You don't see that translation. Occasionally you do. The womb of the the thus gone. Occasionally. But then people go, the womb. The womb of the thus gone. And then they get into, you know, the great mother and all all kinds of things. But... Meaning the inside, the middle, the interior of anything. As, as in the inside of the lotus. Yeah? The inside, the calyx of a lotus. The inside, literally, that's what it refers to. The inside of the lotus. What's inside the lotus in tantric um, secret terminology? The womb. Okay? The womb. Having in the interior, containing, filled with. It's beautiful, eh? Filled with what? Filled with. Filled with potential. Filled with ultimate potential. Filled with 
all the entire play of the universe. The inner apartment. Oh, I like that. The inner apartment. You have to think of a, of a mansion, yeah? Somewhere there is an inner apartment or a cathedral. There's a place, a room that's a very special room. The interior chamber. These are all meanings of garba. The interior chamber. The sanctuary of a temple. The fetus or embryo. The child, the brood or offspring. Offspring of the sky. Isn't that beautiful, eh? Offspring of the sky. The fogs and vapor drawn upwards by the rays of the sun during the eight months and sent down again in the rainy season. The fullest. It also can refer to a river of the fullest, the fullest river. Hmm, something, eh? Let's look up the root. G-R-R. If we can find that root. See that root right here. Sometimes the roots he refers to aren't actually here. No, I don't see it. Anyway, it's referring, he's given the meaning for that root. Okay, so how would you translate this word now? Thus gone one? So usually, uh, as translated, standard translation is the essence of enlightenment. Buddha nature, essence of enlightenment, all, all these words, right? Uh, Tathagata garb is actually good. We could keep it because it has all these meanings. The thus, uh, the thus going womb, the thus going uh, inner sanctuary, you know, all these, all these uh, beautiful inner meanings. Uh, that bring out the quality of not just going, but also to arrive, to have an inner sanctum, a place where conception happens. Conception of what? Conception of the enlightenment mind, the conception of thusness or suchness. Fantastic. Yes? Uh, yes, yes, it is. But eventually, no foot, no foot in duality, because there's no foot to have, and there's no duality. But at a certain level, yes, one foot, one foot in duality, one foot, uh, usually explained, what one foot in reality, one foot in duality. But actually, there's no foot, and there's no reality or duality. 
um, to have. That's called thusness. Thusness. But when it, one asks about how does this all happen, in the same way that beings get conceived, any conception gives rise to waves of activity which generates a dualistic production in the mind of a, of a, of a confused mind. But any kind of production from the womb, from the womb of the universe, is not confused. If the tree falls down, is the tree confused? No. We, do we all agree on that? Is that fairly straightforward? Why do you say that? Because for a lot of people, they blame the tree on confusion. It's the outer events that cause the confusion. Have you had that? How about, how about this statement I heard? On, uh, I either read it or I heard it. Is there was a hurricane or tornado, uh, bad storms in the United States, and I think it was Fox News or something, used the reference um, evil, evil hurricane. So evil weather, evil storm. Snow, evil storm. How about guns? Are guns evil? Are guns evil? No. They're made of metal. The minds that make them and the minds that use them are maybe unwholesome, but the actual uh, item is not. But what does it have potential for? If a policeman uses a gun to kill someone who is a murderer, you'd be very happy, yes? Possibly. If, if, if other people are being harmed, yes? So the gun could be potentially very good, yes? Do you, you see? But, but for many people's minds, because of that duality, everything's divided into black and white and so on. The gun or the bullet is neither good nor bad. Just as actually an appearance in the mind that can, that can then, out of the womb of potentiality, can get drawn up into any kind of activity. So one exercise that you can do, I'll give you an exercise to do. I'm, I'm trying to limit the number of meditations I give you to down to a dull roar in a day, if you know my reputation. But one, one, one very profound, and actually is now being used in university labs as a, as a test, a test or to investigate, is take an object like a log or a tree or a metal pole or a carpet or a bowl. Often bricks are used now in studies, bricks. How many things can you do with a brick? What's, what's the full potential of a brick? That's often being now used in psychological studies. What's the full range? And, and some people go, a brick can be used for building. Oh, that's good. Other person might come up with 30 different uses of a brick. Okay. Somebody might come up with 100 different uses of a brick and see a brick in 100 different ways or 1,000 different ways. So take, try that today. Uh, how many different things can you do with a carpet? Or what, what 
what can the carpet be, depending on the conceptual flavor uh, of your mind at that moment. Does it have to be practical? No. But, but better if it is. Because then, I, then if it's not practical, it ends up being flights of fancy, which it will become anyways. But, um, one for us? Pardon? Well, you see, it would be a coffee bean. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, I would, I would say a, a bowl would be good. A bowl would be good. A bowl would be good. A fork is excellent. Fork's a good one. Fork's a good one. Bowls are good, but actually fork, fork is good. And it's a, it's a very good practice, very good practice. We had an exercise once, Namjimsha came up with in the early days with him. We were in Crete, uh, we were in Crete, <laughs> on the south shores of Crete near Paliokara in 1975. <laughs> Anyways, we were up in this village, and it was very, very, I think it took, to go get any food, Paliokara had hardly any food at all, so we had to go to, uh, Hanya, which is quite a drive through the through the hills and so on. So it's a long drive in Hanya, no refrigeration, and we're up in the house and there's a hundred students. We're having meals all the time. Imagine, you know, meals, day and night, meals, serving people food, running out of food, no refrigeration, it works. And our task as uh, as attendants uh, was to make a new breakfast every morning. We could not reproduce the breakfast at all. It could not be the same breakfast. It had to be a variation on the theme, which could get very difficult when there's eight eggs. <laughs> what do you do with eight eggs? You're staring at eight eggs. What do you do? And there's not really much left but eight eggs. So this was wonderful. He says, you, the rule, a rule is, I don't want to see the same breakfast. I don't want to see an omelet every single morning or scrambled eggs every single morning uh, or bacon and egg. Do you know what I mean? So every... And we did this for a long time. So when we went to Samos, we did this. This was, just became a tradition, which is the breakfast cannot be the same breakfast every morning. You see? Um, kidneys and eggs or whatever it is. So in the same way is uh, not to reproduce, even with millet, yeah? How can you make a millet breakfast different every morning? Now we add amaranth. And in New Zealand, we added different kinds of millet, sticky millet, and layered cakes, tried layer cakes and mixtures and all kinds of things, to, to see what you can invent with the universe. So the neurotic mind, the hallmark of the neurotic mind is a very rigid, limited universe. It's sticky. It's gooey. It's pathogena. This is the uh, uh, Pali word the Buddha used for ordinary beings, sticky lumps of dough. And it is sticky. Life is really sticky. It's tense for, for uh, being in. Yes? Tents are for sleeping in. Carpets are for floors. Imagine walking to a place you see a carpet on the wall as a work of art. Well, wait a minute. That's not right. You might not have that, but some people may say, well, wait a minute, you don't put carpets on the wall as art, they're for covering, uh, for flooring. So, so what degree is the, is the universe limited by, by concept? 
it turns out that the entire universe of experience is limited by concept. And that beings generally don't know that concept of the mind creates the entire experience of the universe and those concepts not only limit, but if they're free, they can conceive of any kind of arising in the universe. And you say, oh, no, 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 it's not possible. Oh, yes, 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 yes. This is why I enjoy and I like people to actually study some history, history of science, history of technology. It's very apparent to my... I had a profound experience. I thought I wouldn't tell so many stories, but these aren't too long. Uh, but uh, when I was um, 13, I was really into science. I had a home lab and all kinds of things. I was really a science nut. I really, really loved doing science and also art, too. And uh, my uncle was a biochemist at McMaster University, and he, he, we went for a walk once, and, and he said, well, so, you know, are you, something like, are you going to become a scientist? You know, are you going to, oh, yes, I'm going to become a, because when I was a little kid, I would say, I'm going to become a tist. I couldn't say scientist, but I would, I was, supposedly I said, I'll be, I'll be a tist someday. Tist. So he said to me, I think it was 13, he, we were walking back from his lab, we were doing something in his lab, and coming back, and he said, walking home to his house. He said, so are you going to become a scientist? I said, oh, yes. He said, don't. <laughs> don't. So he said, fun- I remember, I never, I never forget this conversation. Number one, uh, funding is going to dry up. It's going to be very hard to get funding to do any experimental work in Canada when you, when you become a test. I said, oh, I wouldn't. You think I was top a 13-year-old? No. <laughs> that's a non, that's a useless statement. Bless my, my uncle. That was a useless statement because that wouldn't go anywhere. You know that, right? Thirteen-year-old goes in one year, goes out the other year. So what? Money? Who? You don't need money to do science. It's just it's an idealistic thing. And then he said, "And by the way, all the big problems have been solved." This is 1973 or 72, something like that. All the big problems have been solved. Relativistic theory, all done. Uh, molecular biology, all sewn up, DNA, all, and he went through them all. And I said, that's preposterous. I did. I probably didn't use that word. I probably used something like pooey or confound it, you know, something like that. But I, I said, well, that's, that's, that, that can't be. Because all through history, we reach these places where things feel like they get sewn up and then they just get blown to schmitherines. 1905 is a good example. That's why I refer to 1905. It's very famous, right? What happened in 1905? Einstein published his general and specific thing. Yeah, Einstein published two papers on general and and specific relativity, yes? Blew the the world of science apart. And we're still, still living in the outpouring of that creativity of his mind. Two, three years later, I was at a seminar by Howard Temin at the University of Toronto sitting in a seminar just before he got the Nobel Prize announcing reverse transcriptase. Reverse transcriptase. It, blew, it blew the universe of, of molecular biology apart. After I was told by my uncle, it's all been done. That was it. All genetic engineering, uh, the, whole, the whole field just blew right apart because of his discovery at Harvard. Did you get the idea? Uh, un- unknown to anybody. He wasn't even, nobody thought of this. He did. He thought, well, the whole system of, 
of, of DNA, RNA, and protein can, go, can run backwards. That's weird. It's called what's called the central dogma. They all they got it figured out. The code of life was figured out. And he decided he saw some evidence that maybe it goes runs backward with viruses, so they worked on it. It took a year to reproduce his results. He was considered a charlatan, a flake, and possibly a criminal for his work. Even though he's a, a good scientist. And it took a year to reproduce his work where people could actually... It was so difficult. And then he ended up with Nobel Prize, I think, two or three years later. So this is very important. I'm not just going on about stories here. This, this word, the Thaikadagarb, is very important. If you feel the world, the universe, is limited as you perceive it, this is a wrong view. It's a corrupted, neurotic view of the universe. But that's how most people experience life is I can't, I won't, I shouldn't. This is the way the world is. This is the way our families are. This is the way it's been for centuries. This is the way we grow coffee, traditionally. This is the way we wash coffee. This is the way we sell our products. This is the way we carve uh, soapstone. This is the way we vote. This is the way we have a political system. This is the way we see physics. This is the way we see biology. This is what a cell looks like. This is what life is. Did you, did you follow? Just look at your history. What's it going to be like in 20 years, five years from now? Even stuff in science today doesn't percolate down into high school or junior high school in terms of view for 20, 30 years. It just doesn't percolate down. So, so... Shocking. If when I say to people, you know, human beings are only, I like, I do it as shock value, but but actually, as as uh, real, human beings are only five, six, seven percent human beings by number. People look like this, but this has been known for twenty years, thirty years. But it's not taught in schools, I don't think. Like, if you were taught that in schools, as a view about your being, that's a living organism of other creatures and very little of it is actually human and then you're interested in what this organism is as a collection of ecosystems that would be a very be a different world view do, do you understand what about ritual though isn't ritual supposed to be static well, well ritual is but uh, why all that ritual so ritual, ritual has its importance, can have its importance. And ritual, in certainly in meditative practice, can have its importance. But you see, in the teaching of Dharma, and, and, and for sure, for real, upon the first glimpse of freedom, the belief in rule and ritual vanishes. It's gone. It's destroyed. Because you know that the only thing that awakens the mind is awakeness itself, is, is, is awareness not rule and ritual. But rule and ritual is profoundly wonderful if the manual of rule and ritual directs your mind in the right place. So if ritual actually elevates your mind and, and moves it into a new wo- a womb that's vast, fantastic, because all human beings operate by ritual. That's how we operate. Brush our teeth the same way, put our shoes on the same way, 
garden the same way, eat the same way? Yes. But if the ritual can be used to open new wombs of potential, then you have good ritual. If the ritual is there to bind the human being into neurotic patterns at the individual, societal, cultural, human level, and other creatures, then it stultifies and causes frustration. But So you want ritual that is a, a form, a womb, in which to generate activity in that's, that's, that's open. That's open. It's a different kind of ritual. It's beautiful, isn't it? So to hold the view, this is Tathagatagarbha, to actually get imbued with the view through experience and through hearing that anything is possible, not because it's far out New Age thinking, but to actually see through history, through culture, through uh, study of life and direct experience that anything is possible if the mind is put on it, becomes an avenue and eventually the reflection of freedom. So instead of coming out of your mouth saying, can't, shouldn't, won't, that doesn't work that way, the first thing that comes out of the mouth should be, my goodness, could it be? Is it possible? Could that be done? More, more like that. That's why, home, that's why so many physicists were hoping that the Higgs boson would not be discovered. You know, 30, 40, 60 billion dollars of scientific research and experiments to find the Higgs boson, and all these physicists are going, we hope we don't find it. <laughs> Could you imagine? Those are because they're creative. They know that if it isn't found, exciting days are ahead for physics. Because, my God, is it going to get interesting. But even though it's been found, it's going to get very interesting. Did you see the creative minds? There's people hoping who are actually being paid to find it and have set up these big detectors, right, to find it. And they're hunting for it and they're going secretly, Let's not find it. Because, <laughs> boy, is, if we don't find it, is it going to be juicy? Is it? But that's how you should live. In a universe of utter thusness potential, where the gates go back and forth. It doesn't shut. It opens to vastness. And how are you going to do that by sitting on your bum doing the same thing over and over and over again, you need to be able to move the body, speech, and mind into realms it has never gone before, so it actually hits a place, finds a place, strikes. That's one of the meanings, by the way, I found in there, to do with thusness. If you look up the root of thusness, it means to strike. Isn't that cool? The word thusness means, the origin of the word thus, ta-ta, ta, means to strike. So when the strike happens, called the thunderbolt, happens, then the universe feels open. Not just feels, it is. It's seen as open. Everything is open. There's nothing limiting at all. Nothing. It's not a philosophical position. It's a human experience. 
And therefore, the compassion is that there's beings walking around, going all day long, can't, won't, shouldn't, will not, because. Like children? Like, no, like adults do, right? When the children says, uh, why aren't we going to New York? Because. Why aren't we going to the beach today? Because. Why is the sky blue? Because. Why didn't I get my allowance? Because. Here's a good one. Why can't we go to the ATM anytime we want and get whatever we want? And the, and the parent goes, because. <laughs> Isn't that great? When kids go to the ATM, it's like an infinite, it's the source of money. <laughs> the, the infinite source of money from the ATM. Pardon? Yeah. Twenty dollars. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? Like to actually conceive of a banking system, and there's limits on bank accounts, and there's all these things, right? In the mind of a of a young child, would be like, "Are you kidding? That's not positive." Why? Why? Because. Try to explain the entire banking system and salaries, and well, just it's easier to say because. Yeah. Do you get the feeling? Yeah. It's not theoretical. That view of infinite potentiality and infinite possibility, not just one universe, but many universes. It's only a concept. The, the, the idea we have of the universe is just a concept. It's nothing like what we even think it is. It's changing all the time. Even in science, just read every few months the, the things coming up that are discovered. Shocking. Absolutely shocking is a world of concepts, not universes. World of concepts. We don't look through telescopes. What do we look through? When we say we look at the universe, we look at stars, what do we look at? Yes, but at a cruder level, what do we look at? We're looking at a lens. We're looking at glass. We're looking at images on a computer screen. Isn't that that fascinating? I'm looking at the sun. Remember, do you see pictures of the transit of Venus across the sun? They're beautiful, weren't they? What were you looking at? I'm looking at Venus crossing the sun. No, you're not. You're looking at what? Dots on a computer screen. Anybody been on Skype recently? You're not supposed to be on your computer, Alex. Katya. No, just kidding. Isn't it wonderful to see you on Skype? <laughs> it's great. It's a great statement. Yeah? But you can see how quickly it happens, eh? How, isn't it just wonderful to be able to talk to you, uh, you on Skype? No. You're seeing little dots, sometimes blurs, on a screen and hearing a voice. It's not you. So this, this is... This is uh, but it's fascinating, isn't it? It's amazing. Let's continue on here. By what reasoning can it be shown that sentient beings have Buddha nature because all sentient beings are pervaded by the emptiness of Dharmakaya? So we have a new word. Let's, let's, Let's put a new word up there. Dharmakaya.
all sentient beings are pervaded by the emptiness of dharmakaya. Now, remember, emptiness is what? Fullness. Emptiness is an English translation, a concept of thusness, or shunyata. And it doesn't mean empty, it means empty of confusion. Emptied out of confusion, emptied out of clinging. All that, what does that mean then? This is very high teaching, by the way, so it starts there. All beings are actually pervaded by non-clinging awareness, but experience clinging. They experience clinging and are confused, but in fact, there is no clinging. Just feels like it. I was wondering why, because you've asked us to be mindful, and then there's emptiness, and mindful and empty, they seem to contradict each other, so you just clarified that. Yeah, emptiness doesn't mean uh, empty, void. It means full of spacious awareness without conceptual contrivance, uh, pregnant with potential of freedom, without the delusion of being bound and restricted. The emptiness of dharmakaya. Dharmakaya, dharma meaning support or uh, ultimate teaching or the body of truth. Uh, Kaya is body. It doesn't mean body, body. It means body. means a point of view. Your body is a point of view. No more. That's all. It is the point of view of truth, or thusness. Because there are no differentiations in the nature of suchness. Think about that. No differentiations in the nature of suchness. How could there be any differentiations in thusness? in suchness. And because all beings have a family, we'll, we'll explain that, for these three reasons all sentient beings are of the Buddha nature. And if you want more confidence, which is good, the unsurpassed Tantra says, because the perfect form of the Buddha radiates, because there are no distinctions within suchness, and because all are in a family, all sentient beings are always of the essence of enlightenment. So now we need to explain all those things. Any questions on that so far? It's good you're asking questions as we go along. So, It has been said many, many, many times, and especially in the tradition of the Kagyu transmission, that the view, this view, if you hear it again and again and again, and you can hear it, I don't just mean hear it, but hear it, is more important than sitting on your bum, your aspidaxis, I like that, old-fashioned word, aspidaxis, for uh, countless eons. Because uh, you can sit on your bum, and unless you actually hear the view, you don't know where to go. You'll just be sitting on your bum. So what you become is a meditator. Would you like to become a meditator? Well, someone would come up to you and say, 
wow, you're a meditator. Maybe even a master meditator. You might get a good mate, start a family. Get a good witch? Get a good mate. Get a good art, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially if you have that, that, that um, label. Or not. Now all beings are endowed with the Thaigata Garbha because Dharmakaya, which is Shunyata, permeates them. Because in, in the very nature of things, which is thusness, there are no differentiations, and in all sentient beings there are factors which allocate them to certain families. Isn't that clear? It's a very good translation, by the way. Allocates them within certain families of beings. That's really the way to say it. Within certain, you're going to wonder which family. The Jacobsons, the Kolks, Hoktras. He's very Nordic. The two very Nordic. Well, sorry, sorry, you a little bit. Very Nordic. There's a row of Nordic, Nordic types along here. Nordic, 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 Nordic. Nordic, 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 Nordic. Oh. A little bit below the border there, Nordic. <laughs> I can say that laugh. It's just kind of funny, right? We're all out, all out of Africa. Not so long ago, you know? Isn't that interesting? Eh? Not so long ago. All out of Africa. Boy, it's quite something, eh? For the same, same genetic uh, ground, the radiation of human beings and all the differences, it's quite something. Quite something. I think that's plenty for today. Let's see what page are we up to. Oh, on this book is page three. I'm behind. <laughs> really behind on that, in that book. And on this one, uh, oh, this is good, page 50. <laughs> Excellent. It's great. Great how this is. Eh? Just massage the numbers. I think that's, uh, that's fine for tonight. And tonight, tonight at 7.30... Up at Nam Zong, we, we will continue. It's a little deeper, deeper, deeper. Okay. 7.30, Nam Zong, up there. If you have any doubts, look at the board. And then if you have any doubts about the board, well, come early. By this powerful activity, may it lead to cessation of suffering of all beings. Idante punigamang asawaki wang ho tu, idante punigamang asawaki wang ho tu, idante punigamang asawaki wang ho tu. May all beings be healthy and happy, may all beings be established in the pure ground of full realization of Buddhahood and manifesting, displaying wisdom and compassion in utter perfection. Many blessings, many blessings, many blessings. And at this point, you really feel all sentient beings without limit permeated and imbued with complete realization. That's one's hope. All beings free uh, and manifesting the full 
capacities and powers of uh, Buddhahood. Good. <laughs>